Y'all, I am so traumatized from recording episodes and then them deleting. I did a whole hour, whole hour with my friend who is from D.C. who came to New York to record for an hour. And it went away. So I'm traumatized because now I think every two seconds I need to stop and listen to this. And that's not fucking conducive to my life. And it makes me insane. So, anywho, this is the Joy of Social Work podcast. And I am Joy. It has been a time, y'all. It has really been a time. I feel like... Ever since the anxiety episode has come out, I've been way more anxious. And you would think like, oh, yeah, you know, she's working on these things. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Because between when we recorded it, which was maybe two weeks before it aired, and when it aired, my anxiety has been on like 9,000. And one night in particular, I just could not sleep. I was just like, oh, this is it. It's going to take me out. And I'm like, shut your thoughts up. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And they just kept on going and going and going and going and going. I, was, yeah. <sighs> I mean, I'm really like out here trying to go to work full time, trying to record podcasts, trying to deal with crisis in my life and trauma. And I'm anxious as fuck. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to save money. I'm trying to have a social life. All the while, I'm trying to grieve my boyfriend. And I feel like it set me back years on my parents death like I feel crazy y'all and I'm just trying to you know get through it and so today today I'm recording this is Valentine's Day and I was fine all day but maybe an hour ago I'm sitting here and I'm like I am so sad and not because it's Valentine's Day but because tomorrow is Rashim's birthday and I don't know what that is going to feel like because I think both of my parents' first birthdays were hard, but my mom's birthday was the towards the end of January, and you would have thought like she just died. I was like so fucked up, and I just don't even know what tomorrow's going to bring. Like maybe I'll be fine I'm going on a trip, so... Maybe all of that will take my mind off stuff. But I might be in the corner like, well, I don't even know what to do in my life. Because that's how I feel right now. So, y'all, y'all pray for me. Y'all say, put good energy in the air. Well, it'll be after when you hear this. But you can still put good energy in the air for me because I'm going to need it. I'm going to need all of the prayers, all of the thoughts, all of the support because it's hard, y'all. So back to what I was saying about the anxiety, literally there have been days like, and and I feel like it's kicking in when I get off work. So part of me is feeling like I might really need to change my living situation. And like, that's a whole story for another day. But uh, the long story short on that is... Rashim and I were living together, and I moved in with him, so everything is his, with the exception of, like, my clothes. So I sleep in the same bed we slept in, which is his bed. You know, his, like, stuff is still around, and I think it's starting to become too much, 
and I'll literally be okay at work. I mean, in this times at work that I'm just like lazy and I don't want to do anything because I'm just in my thoughts and in my feelings, but I'm like, okay. And I'll be leaving. I'll go get in the car and my chest will start to hurt. And I'm like, what is this? So part of me is thinking that my body is like, you need a change. And so I'm a Bronx girl. I'm living in Brooklyn now. And I always have, it's funny because when my parents died, I wanted to get out of the Bronx because I felt like everything reminded me of them. And now that I'm in Brooklyn, I feel like everything is so unfamiliar. And so like one of my friends texted me yesterday. He's like, you're always uptown. Actually, he's one of Rashim's friends who I'm friends with too. And he's like, you're always uptown. He's like, I feel like you're going to move up there. And I'm like, I probably will because there's something about it that gives me a home feeling that I don't think I get in Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn is my home because I live here, but it doesn't feel like home. Like it feels like, I don't know, not home. (laughs) When you can't think of words and it's late and you've had maybe half a bottle of wine. Don't judge me. Judge your mother. Anywho, so that's what's going on in my anxiety. I was supposed to have a doctor's appointment last week and I was going to talk to the doctor about medication because someone had reached out to me and said that they've been on medication for years and it's been helpful for them and they don't know what they would have done without it. And I was like, well, maybe it's like, it's worth the conversation. Like even if my doctor and I decide that it's not what is the best for me, I think it's worth a conversation of like, how can we help reduce this? Because the days that my anxiety is at a 10, that shit is scary as fuck. And if you've never been very anxious, then I don't think you really can understand what it what I'm what I mean when I say that. Um, and I don't think I understood what people meant when they said that they were anxious before until I started started experiencing it. And it's scary. Like really scary. And it's not always you like needing to breathe in a paper bag and freaking out. Sometimes it's you like sitting there like, oh shit, shit is fucked up. Something's going on. Excuse me. And, um, just feeling not like yourself. So my appointment was rescheduled. I go next week. So I hopefully have a follow-up on that for the next episode. i let you know if I'm on medication or not or what's going on. But yeah, my therapist is like falling off the face of the earth. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with her. I hope she's okay. Um, but yeah, but she's just out here like navigating this fucking life on her own. And that's been okay um, because I think I have some of the tools, but I don't have everything and I don't know everything and I still need help and I still need support. So that's kind of where I am with that. Um, I'm also trying to lose, I, so I had lost some weight, I lost like almost 10 pounds, but then I want to say that I haven't had a vegetable in a week or so, maybe two, no, maybe like a week, and today, a child in pre-K said, you having a baby? (laughs) And I was like, no, and he's like, you having a baby? Let me see, and was trying to lift up my shirt. And so then I felt like, well, clearly you've gained that weight back. 
or you have a shirt that's too tight on. I don't know what the case was, but he felt like I was pregnant and my feelings were like slightly hurt. A kid also called me fat the day before. So I'm feeling a little way about my weight, but um, yeah, you know, um, I'm just deal with it. I'm uh, I'm on break next week. My friend said she would train me, so gonna work that out. I need to fucking meal prep because I haven't done that. I find sometimes that I meal prep and like the week of my mom's birthday, I was so off, and that'll I'll go into like the details of some of the bullshit that I did that week because I was off. But I was so off that I cooked the Sunday of, I think my mom's birthday was the Monday or the, there was the, no, it was like a Wednesday. I mean, I could really just look on the calendar. This is me being stupid right now. But her birthday was January 24th, whatever day that that fell on. I think, whatever. Anyway, um, but I was so off. I cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I don't think I ate any of that food. So that was a waste of money twice because I bought the groceries and then I bought food to eat in replacement of the food that I wasn't eating that I would bring to work every day. So I was just off. Like it was just a really weird week. Like so many weird things happened. And I'm going to talk about like companionship in another episode and like how that played a part in all of this, but whatever. So that's, that's that. I'm just trying to get my life together and not be 700 pounds because that also makes me nervous. Um, and then I'm trying to have a social life and I think it's gotten to the point that I am maybe too social because I am forcing myself to do things that I don't want to do because I feel like I very much right now want to sit in a corner and stay in a corner or like lay in a bed and stay in a bed or like lay on a couch and stay there because I don't really want to be around people. I don't really want to talk. I don't want to want to, like, I don't want to do anything, but I know that if I don't, that things could potentially get worse and I'm trying not to fall into a place where I am no good to anybody, including myself. And so I am pushing myself to be out there. But I'm also like, "Mm, is this the healthiest way to do it? Because being out on these streets means, and it doesn't necessarily mean, but for me it's like going to dinner, going to happy hour, and like all of these other things that I feel like are almost like bandages to my pain and my grief and my healing But, you know, coping skills are something that we are not always taught. And I think that I don't always have the best coping skills. And sometimes these things become my default. You know, after my dad died, I'm pretty sure that I would have been considered an alcoholic because I would go to the bar at least five days a week and different bartenders would know the things that I drank. And I was like, this be a problem I had a lot of blackouts like I mean it was like rough it was definitely a low point in the life of joy um and I'm just trying not to get back there I haven't had these experiences this time around so I think that I'm doing much better and I think I'm able to recognize um like things that I've done before and that were negative and didn't work out well and not to do them again. So 
that's kind of what I'm working on. So yeah, so that's just kind of like an update on me and what's been going on with me. But exciting, exciting, exciting. I got an email. Guys, you can email me at thejoyofsocialwork at gmail.com. The joy, J-O-I, of socialwork at gmail.com. If you have any questions or something you want to ask me, which is a question, then, yep, that's the same thing, Joy. Um, or like it could be something about you, something about a friend, a family member. could be a question you might have about me and my life. Whatever, anything like that. If you follow me on Instagram, there's also a link in my profile or my bio that you can fill out and it'll send me an email. So here's a side note. I don't do the technical stuff of this podcast. I just talk (laughs) and then I tell my friend, like, I talked. It's something that I saved and then she, like, makes the magic. So shout out to her because... I don't really even know how this stuff gets on the internets, but it gets on the internets and you guys listen to it and I appreciate you and I appreciate her. So, um, you can email me, like I said, to George social work at gmail.com. Or if you follow me on Instagram, you can fill out the form and it'll do something and it'll get to her or me or somebody and it will answer you on the air. So yeah. So anywho, I got an email from someone in New Jersey and they were talking about their experience with anxiety and then they asked me have I ever heard or had clients with high functioning dysthymia or chronic depression and what are my thoughts about it so it was interesting that they sent this email because I one of the things about being a social worker or any part anybody in like the mental health field is you have this tool called the DSM-5. Well, it's the DSM, it's up to the fifth edition of the DSM. And with that, it's a great tool in that you're able to make diagnosis, but it can also be a tool that will make you think that you and the people around you have all kinds of different things. So I look at the DSM or I like hear about a diagnosis and I'm like, oh, I have that. Oh, I have that. Oh, such and such has that. Oh, such and such has that. And maybe some of the symptoms people have, but not all of it. I think a lot of people use terms that are in the DSM very loosely and don't realize that there are criteria that come with that go with it. So I think even like with depression, people say like, oh, I'm so depressed. But you might not be. You might just be sad today and it'll go away tomorrow or you might be sad for two days and you won't be the third day which doesn't make you depressed so like I said it's a good tool in that it gives you criteria and it helps you break things down but you know it could also make you go oh I'm real fucked up because I got everything on every page which most people don't I don't think but anyway so this thymia if you've never heard of it It's persistent depressive disorder. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you the, um, not the symptoms, but like the, the things that you have to have to, in order to be 
diagnosed with dysthymia and also the things that you have to have, the qualifications that you have to have to be diagnosed with major depressive disorder. So with dysthymia, it is a depressed mood for most of the day, for more days than not, as indicated by either subjective account or observation by others for at least two years. Presence while depressed of two or more of the following. Poor appetite or overeating, insomnia or hypersomnia, low energy or fatigue, low self-esteem, poor concentration or difficulty making decisions, and feelings of hopelessness. So I read that and I go, oh, I have dysthymia because I'm pretty sure that I've been depressed for more than two years. I have, I overeat, (laughs) I eat my feelings. Lately, I wouldn't say that I have insomnia, but I sometimes I struggle sleeping because of, I think, the anxiety. I have low energy a lot. Uh, low self-esteem. Mm, I really, you know, low self-esteem was something that I've struggled with since I was a kid until maybe like 28. I'm only 33 now, so it ain't been that long. I tell people all the time, I really just started liking myself yesterday. So that's definitely something. But that's not something that I struggle with now. But uh, years ago, that would have been an issue. Poor concentration or difficulty making decisions. I suck at making decisions. If somebody could decide most of my life for me, that would probably be the best thing. Even like, perfect example, my friend just texted me. She's like, you know, you've had a rough time. It's been, you know, th- this is a stressful week. We're rushing birthday coming up. Like, we could go to this spa and do this for $50, or we could do this spa for this for $50. Can you just make a decision for me? Because I can't. Like, I struggle. Don't ever ask me what I want to eat, because unless I have a taste for something, I don't know. Just fucking tell me what we're doing and make my life easy. So whatever but like I feel like that could be a thing that other people have and then feelings of hopelessness I think I just feel hopeless because I remember the day that Rashim died when I got a text message that said you should come to the hospital I went to the bathroom and I was in the bathroom and I was crying and I was praying and I was like God you cannot take somebody else from me that I love Please do not take somebody else from me that I love. I'm going to need you not to take anybody else from me that I love because I can't handle it. And I was really hoping that in that moment he wouldn't. But when I got in the cab, like my friend was like, I'll come with you. I got in the cab and I looked at her and I was like, I think something happened. And she was like, don't say that. But I just felt like it's already done. And it was. But it's just like this level of hopelessness that I continue to feel. Like sometimes on a daily basis of like nothing I do is good enough. Nothing I say is right. You know, like all of these things. So reading the criteria, I'm like, oh, this is definitely me. You know, I I honestly would say that since I was uh, 12-ish, that I've been depressed. Um, I've like found old diaries and some of the stuff is disturbing. And I'm like, somebody probably should have been reading this and someone probably should have helped me. 
But when I went to high school, I wasn't in, in, I saw a social worker in high school all four years. And I think in the moment it, it was like, well, my mom is sick. And so I'm going for this, but my mom's illness didn't really start to affect me when I think back to like 10th, 11th grade. But some questionnaire that I filled out during freshman orientation in ninth grade got me put into group counseling. So I don't know. I think it's always been a problem, you know, and then I think about, and this is not on, you know, what it is to be, to have persistent depressive disorder, but I think back to childhood and feeling like having suicidal ideations and thinking like my life isn't worth living because people don't like me and not like people, but it was like boys and like feeling like my self-esteem was so low. I mean, so, so, so low that I felt like, what is even the point of living if like, I'll never have a boyfriend. And at 33, I'm like, that was, that doesn't make sense. But at 12 and 13 and 14, it did. Like everybody had a boyfriend. (laughs) Everybody was, all my friends were pretty or whatever attract whatever something like they had something going on for them and I felt like the ugly one who boys were only friends with because they were trying to get close to my friends and if I wasn't gonna have (coughs) excuse me (coughs) if somebody wasn't gonna see me that way then what is even the point of me being here and that like went away throughout high school because I went to all girls school so like nobody Like, I didn't think about it because it wasn't an everyday in the classroom thing. But then in college, it was kind of, it kind of came back because I'm like, okay, now I'm on this campus. It's a lot of guys. I have friends, but again, nobody is like checking for me. And I, it, it, you know, if I was to talk to myself then, I'd be like, you can't put all your power and all your importance in somebody liking you because that's not realistic but in the moment you know it felt very much like if people don't like me or men don't find me attractive then what is my purpose in life and that shit had me making all kinds of dumb decisions from I don't know early until 28 (laughs) I think after 28 I was I wasn't up, but it's a long time. So that's dysthymia and kind of my thoughts about that. Um, and major depressive disorder. So this is probably, this is what I think what people think, like, I'm so depressed. Um, so I'm going to read to you what it says in the DSM-5 about that. So you must have five or more of the following symptoms to be, the you must have five or more of the following symptoms during the same two period two week period to be considered um major depressive so you must be having a depressive mood most of the day nearly every day as indicated by either subjective report as examples are feeling sad empty hopeless or observations made by other examples appears tearful Note in children and adolescents can be an irritable mood. So, like, I feel like that's self-explanatory, but where in an adult it might come off as, like, 
crying and I don't want to get out of bed. And the teenager might be like, fuck you, dumb bitch. So different, but the same. Um, Diminish interest or pleasure in all or almost all activities most of the day, nearly every day. Significant weight loss when not dieting or weight gain or decrease or increase in appetite nearly every day. Insomnia or hypersomnia nearly every day. Agitation or retardation nearly every day, observable by others, not merely subjective feelings or restlessness or being slowed down. Fatigue or low energy nearly every day. Feelings of worth, worth, I can't speak, worthlessness or excessive or inappropriate guilt nearly every day. Diminish ability to think or concentrate or indecisiveness nearly every day, either by subjective account or observed by others. And recurrent thoughts of death, not just fear of dying, recurrent suicidal ideation without a specific plan or a suicide intent or a specific plan for committing suicide. So that's what it means. You have to have five or more of those to be considered major depress those can be considered as having major depressive diet disorder. And as I read those, I'm like, oh well maybe that fits more because that sounds right. But yeah, so if you or someone you know fits any of these criteria for dysthymia or major depressive disorder, what I would suggest is getting them some help because where something could turn into I feel really sad and I feel really hopeless today can turn into I don't see a point for my life and potentially hurting oneself or someone else tomorrow. So I would suggest reaching out to a therapist if someone doesn't want to go. I am a proponent for calling 911 and making them go because sometimes people really need help and they don't realize the extent of their own, I don't want to say disability, but their own like like they're they're in their own way and may not be able to see what you can see. So please reach out for help for people. Um, create some kind of support for them because if someone is then diagnosed with depression, they do need support because their happiness doesn't dwell in you or dwell in other people, but they can gain that feeling of hope, like feeling of worthiness from being around people who love and support them. And and a lot of that is me speaking for myself. I feel like there are days that I'm like, this shit, this sucks and I hate it all and I hate everybody. And sometimes I just need somebody to be like, hey, how are you? Or like, I'm thinking about you or I'm praying for you. And that can make the world of a difference for somebody who might be giving up. So I don't know if any of this makes sense, but that is just kind of what I am thinking about. I think that folks really need to talk. I think everybody needs a therapist. (laughs) 
I think people need to talk about their problems, especially if you had any kind of trauma in your life, because we are too grown to be out here fucking up other people's lives because we haven't dealt with our own shit. And it's a hard thing to do, but it's I think it's necessary. I think it's so necessary to deal with your own life and deal with your own stuff to help you and to help the people around you. So, again, I don't know if any of this makes sense. I feel like I've been rambling. But, yeah, just just keep me in your thoughts. Keep yourself in your thoughts. Keep the people around you that might be struggling with some stuff in your thoughts because life is hard and shit isn't fair and some of us are dealt some shitty ass hands and as much as I sit here and I think like what was me my life sucks there's somebody with some shit 15 times worse than what I'm going through who would laugh at my problems and say like huh you think that's bad well I've done it oh I'm going through this and you just got to be grateful and you got to sometimes lean on people if you can't do it on your own. And so that's all. That's all I got to say. Y'all, just there there are resources. If you like if you need resources, if you're like, "Joy, I really want to go to therapy. I don't know how to find a therapist." Hit me up. I can like point you in the direction of websites that you can look at. You know, you could look through your insurance carrier if you have a job and you have health insurance. Your insurance carrier will have a website that'll show you which providers use your insurance and you would just have to pay copay and you won't have to pay hundreds of dollars out of pocket. Like, these are not, these. And you know, depression is like a thing that we throw around so casually, but it's a real fucking thing. And it's a thing like you need to deal with, like you and me and everybody else who might be suffering with it because where you might be fine for a while, there might be a day that it's not okay and you might like break down. And and again, I'm speaking from my own experience. Like there, you know, people, people say all the time, oh, you're so happy. Your name fits you so well. But y'all don't see when I'm in here like, breaking the fuck down because this shit is hard and people don't see that all the time now of course there are people who've seen me cry I mean I did a whole fucking podcast I feel like I cried the whole time on but people don't always see that hopelessness that you might feel and you gotta talk about it you gotta get it out because it doesn't help you. It doesn't help the people around you for you to keep it in. So go get some help. There's nothing wrong with it. I feel like in the black community and some other people of color, we don't want to talk about our family problems with people. I remember when my mom first was diagnosed with scleroderma and it was starting to affect me in school and I'm like spazzing out on people she's like don't tell anybody what's going on you can't have friends over and it was just kind of like we lived in this bubble of no one could know what was going on because god forbid you talk about what's going on in your home and then one day it just all came out and it all I like I just exploded because you can't hold shit in that long 
You can't. You are a human. You are not meant to keep all of these things on the inside. You got to let them out. You got to talk about them. And when it came out, it just kept on coming. And I think that's why I'm able to sit here and talk about my life and talk about my struggles and talk about the things that I've gone through because I feel like it is better out than in. Because on the inside, it just hurts me. And it doesn't help me. If I can't say I am sad, I am hurt, I am whatever. We are we get so caught up in like, oh, you're crazy. Only crazy people go to therapy. No, fuck that. Crazy people don't, I think. I think you're crazy for not wanting to help make yourself a better person. So just do that. Just do that for yourself. Do that for the people around you. If you're a parent, do that for your kids. If you're in a relationship, do that for the person you're with. Do it for your spouse. Do it for yourself. Most importantly, do it for yourself because you are the person that you have to deal with. So that was a rant and that went into a whole nother direction. But like take care of yourselves. I'm trying to take care of me. There's so many things going on and so many times it just feels like so much, but I'm trying, trying to just be the best me that I can be. And I'm trying to be honest about what I'm feeling and what I'm going through because that helps me. So find out what helps you and work on that for the next two weeks. And I will talk to you guys soon. Again, email me to joyofsocialwork at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram. Fill out the form. If you have any questions, like it could be whatever, like what is your favorite pasta? I don't fucking know. Anything. (laughs) Or how do I find a therapist? Reach out, please. You are not alone. There is more support out there than you know. Thank you so much for listening. We don't say no.